Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Morning. Welcome to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The three of us, and I assume many of you at home, have spent decades watching the National Football League, but no matter how long you watch football, Key and Jay, I can't imagine you're going to have an experience like last night just from the standpoint of not exactly knowing what you were going to see just because so much was in flux. And with that, we welcome you inside this morning. It is also September 11th, something we'll talk about here throughout the program as we're located just blocks away from Ground Zero. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti were presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests will appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Good Friday morning to you both. Uh Um, We settled in for a night of sports that we knew key was going to be sort of unprecedented with football, sort of normal with some of the other sports that we've been watching here over the course of the last couple of months as sports has resumed. It was just sort of a strange feeling to watch sports last night. Was it? I I just, for me, it was a little, you you know, Hmm. I I was uh, texting back and forth with, with the group. You wasn't on there. Sorry. But, uh, (laughs) It, it uh, you know, as I'm watching the games, I got the Lakers on one screen. I have Miami's college football on one screen. I have Kansas City on another screen, the U.S. Open on another screen. So I was kind of like, it felt good He's to, got for me. <laughs> and, and so as I'm watching the Kansas City game take place, you know, I see crowd. You know, it didn't look, I mean, it looked empty, obviously, but it felt like, real football to me. It just felt like a, a an empty stadium that, not, that wasn't to capacity for whatever weather reasons, maybe it was raining, you know, whatever the case is. That's the way I kind of thought about it. But to see bodies in the stands and kind of see these guys out on the field operating, it felt good. Then I'm watching the Laker game, so that made it even better because they're cooking. They out there taking care of business. So it just it felt good to me. I was like watching Deshaun and watching Pat Mahomes and just the, the, the everything that they were doing. Big Red or uh, Andy Reid on the sideline coaching them up. It felt like okay, we got football back. This is what I'm talking about. I would say this before before we get into football. I would just um, I would just say never forget nine eleven. Today's nine eleven, and the guy uh, who's from the tri-state area. Uh, my dad worked at the World Trade Center as a little boy growing up around in that area. Uh, there were so many people that were lost, and I, I don't agree with a lot of his takes, uh, but Rudy Giuliani did say something that I would like to say before we kick things off with football, that the attacks of September 11th were intended to break our spirit. Instead, we have emerged stronger and more unified. We feel renewed devotion to the principles of political, economic, and religious freedom, the rule of law, and respect for human life. We are moved and determined than ever before to live our lives in freedom. It's well said. That was America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, the mayor of New York on 9-11, J. Will. I just think that that quote is very interesting for where we're at uh, with everything that happened last night. Obviously, games kicked off. Miami Dolphins made a statement. Um, You know, we saw Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. I thought that was one of the most moving things I've seen. Uh, Not only the national anthem, also, uh, you know, the American, African-American hymn, uh, lift Every Voice and Sing uh, by Alicia Keys was very powerful. And then seeing a moment of unity between Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes before the game. I know we'll get into football. We'll talk a lot about CEH and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Patrick Mahomes and how they go- looked and Deshaun Watson. But I-, I think that was a very moving moment to see all the players be united as one front. 
If you're watching on ESPN News, in fact, Jay, we were showing it right there with the players with their arms interlocked. One more quick note on 9-11, which we will talk about a little bit later, uh, including some of the moments that sports was able to sort of help and heal. 2,977 people lost their lives on 9-11. Key and I were talking about it before the show, and that includes people at the World Trade Center. That includes people at the site in Pennsylvania. That includes the site in Washington, D.C. And I shudder to say this, that also includes some of the hijackers on board. So 2,977 people, if you're watching on ESPN News throughout the morning, we'll be showing you a shot of the Freedom Tower. I happened to be down there yesterday. It was about a 15-minute walk from where I live here uh, in New York City, and I went down there. There is something called the survivor tree. I don't know if people are aware of this. There's one tree that survived the attacks, and it still stands. And mm. when you go visit, you can see it. I unfortunately went down at 1130 yesterday morning. Every single day, 365 days a year, the 9-11 Memorial Museum is open from 1 to 8. So if you ever find yourself down where we are, and I know the majority of the country is not listening in New York, but New York is the crossroads of the world. If you happen to find yourself here in lower Manhattan, ground zero at the World Trade Center, if you want to spend, and I certainly will, I just got there a little early yesterday. If you want to spend, today obviously would be an amazing day to go down there. But one to eight every day, um, you can really take in what's there. Um, It's a surreal moment. It really is. And you think about the fact that, and I'm just going to mention this real quick, in the first sporting event in New York City after 9-11, the Braves were playing the Mets, and the Mets and the Braves are in a playoff pennant hunt together. And the Braves had a 2-1 lead in the eighth inning. And Mike Biazza came up to the plate and hit a two-run homer, and the Mets won the game. And of the 427 home runs Piazza hit in his career, um, that was probably the most surreal one for him. And that's just one event. That was actually the very first event in New York City. You think about George Bush's perfect strike. You think about, you know, that pitch that he threw. Once um, again, sports healing yeah. our country, right? In so many different ways and facets. And then you fast forward 20 years in some ways with the fractures we have in America today to see those guys key with their arms interlocked uh, out there on the field with Mahomes' right arm interlocked, excuse me, Mahomes' left arm interlocked with Deshaun's right arm as they went across the field for both teams. It was quite an amazing moment. You're looking at it on ESPN News right now. There you are, Mahomes. And then you see the wide shot of all the players, all the teams, the coaches spread out on the field in that moment of unity. Uh, strangely, seconds before they were trying to maul each other on the football field. That's just kind of the way sports works. Huh? It, it is. And, and, you know, when you get when you get between those white lines, yeah, you may have a different view of, of certain things as, as a team and be with another team and not be with your teammates. But when that's all over with, you become one and be together. No question about it. We are presented by Progressive Insurance drivers who save with Progressive, save over $750 on average. Still to come? Well, we mentioned it. The game was all Chiefs. It was a coming out party for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But what happened before the game probably got more chatter than what happened during it. We'll talk about that when we roll on. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin here on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's get you caught up on this Friday on everything happening here in the world of sports. A to Z brought to you by Redbox. Now at Redbox, stream the theatrical home release of Bill and Ted Face the Music, starring Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Get premium access and visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Let's start in the NBA. The Lakers hanging on for a win over the Rockets to move within one game of the conference finals. They led by as many as 23. Rockets made a big run before the bald eagle. Alex Caruso hit a huge three in the fourth to give the Lakers the breathing room they needed. They can get to the Western Conference Finals tomorrow night. They'll take on the Rockets. That game will be 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. That'll be the only NBA game tomorrow. We got a couple tonight, Nuggets, Clippers, and the Celtics and the Raptors in a huge game seven in the East with Miami awaiting in the Eastern Conference Finals. Power 5 football is here if you were with us. Earlier, Key was saying he was watching four sporting events, including the University of Miami taking on UAB. The Hurricanes took out Alabama-Birmingham 31-14 on the ACC Network. Huge night for De'Ara King. He is the transfer quarterback for Miami. He came from Houston. Two touchdowns, ran for another. And if you don't know De'Ara King's personal story, his father died of cancer. His mother has just overcome cancer. Kid's 23. He's dealing with a ton and he is off to a great start down there in Coral Gables. Congratulations to him. Serena Williams, lastly, is out at the U.S. Open while Naomi Osaka advances to the final. She'll take on Victoria Azarenka. Azarenka defeated Williams in three sets. That is mother versus mother. That's one of the big stories at the U.S. Open, how many moms have advanced deep into the fortnight. Osaka also won in three sets. She will reach a major final for her third straight year. Kickoff of the 2020 NFL season is tonight. We wanted to show unity, and we wanted to show uh, we we're going to come together and keep fighting the good fight. We can all learn from this. Really, it's just to make us all better and even a stronger country. We are ready to rock on opening night. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Goes to Edward Tiller. Touchdown, CEH with TD1. What a night for the rookie. And the Chiefs are going to win this 34-20. Lots to be excited for in the Chiefs' kingdom. Well, the fellas had it right. They were ready for some football. I'm not sure the Texans are ready, but the Chiefs are definitely ready. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. The Chiefs expected Clyde Edwards-Alaire to get into the end zone, and he was getting the zone brought to you by AutoZone, getting the zone. AutoZone. It's just amazing that he was picked at the very bottom of the first round after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl with everybody saying not only is this going to be an amazing player for the Chiefs, he'll yep. be an amazing player for your fantasy squad. <laughs> and it's tough to come <gasps> out the way he did. But guys, 25 carries, a buck 38, and the touchdown. <sighs> Welcome to the league, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Key. Leave him, leave him something, right? I mean, that's just, <laughs> it, you know, you say taken at the bottom of the first round. I always believe that you can get a top back 
in the late first round into the second and third round. If you're, if you're drafting that type of player in that volume, you know what you want. And clearly, Andy Reid and his offensive staff targeted this young man the entire way and got the guy that they wanted. And it reminds me of, of Brian Westbrook that played with Andy in Philadelphia, uh, Deuce Staley in Philadelphia, LaShawn McCoy in Philadelphia, some in Kansas City, and also Kareem Hunt. When he burst onto the scene in the beginning of his career in Kansas City, the big night he had. So when you look at this, they have a formula for success. There's no question about it. Um, You could clearly tell that this game started off a little sloppy on both sides of of defense and offense for both teams. And eventually, Kansas City settled in. Patrick Mahomes kind of got everything under control. They started to cook a little bit. He's... Three straight seasons on opening night, he's thrown three touchdowns, the first time in the history of the NFL. So when you look at Big Mahomes, he's doing exactly what we thought he would do. There's no question about it. Playing lights out. Got a lot of help from the backfield, obviously. Receivers caught the ball well. The Texans, on the other hand, they kind of look like they were just going through the motions, Mm -hmm. not prepared at times. Balls all over the place, sloppy, dropping footballs, not protecting the quarterback. And this is what you get with no preseason, no real form of training camp. I know they had a training camp, but the training camp is kind of, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on, it's not really a real training camp. They're kind of going through the motions. And you clearly could tell based on the game last night that this is what we're dealing with. Thank you for the football expert breakdown. I love that. Uh, I'm going to talk now as a fan. Are you kidding me? The over-under, 53.5. How do they know, Zubin? How do they know? I took the under. How do they know? I do not know. It drives me crazy. And Keyshawn, I got to talk to you. I, I got Deshaun Watson in my fantasy league. Right, Watching him last night, the O-line looked bad. It looked bad. I mean, he was always scrambling, four sacks, one TD, one interception. It, 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 Randall Cobb didn't get targeted until the last five minutes of the game. It, it just seemed like, and I, I know that you said there were a lot of Will Fuller would be an option. Um, Dalvin Cook would be an option. Uh, I'm sorry, David Cooks would be an option, right? Um, Brian Cook. Brian Cook, right? There'd be all these different options. But it, it felt like last night you were watching a team that just was dying to have a big-time target. And every time that they didn't play well or I saw Deshaun Watson scramble and get frustrated, you felt like, I just wish that they would have had DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and I actually, as a fan, I sat there and I sat, thought to myself, watching a game, watching Bill O'Brien coach, watching Eric Benenemy saying, wow, I feel like – I'm watching the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs that should be the head coach for the Texans right now. That's what I felt like I was watching the game last night as a fan. Well, a lot of people probably felt that way. And you said that, you know, sacks and in, in, in running for his life. A lot of times what happens is it's not necessarily the offensive line. I got to go to the all 22 to really see exactly what transpired for these sort of things to take place. They can be, it's such a thing called a coverage sack where the receivers aren't getting separation and making Deshaun comfortable when he goes to throw the ball. So, therefore, he's holding on to it longer than what he wants, and that allows the offensive line to break down. Therefore, he gets sacked. Ultimately, it looks like the offensive line, but it could be the defense that's allowing these sort of things to happen because the coverage is so good Hmm. that he doesn't want to pull the trigger. You you, got to kind of – you know, you got to see – I got to see the all-22 to really – really say exactly why certain things have happened. Now, clearly, if it's because the receivers aren't getting open, then they would 
be making a, they made a huge mistake by not having DeAndre Hopkins, a guy that they know would get open. So it's like, you know, Deshaun, he just didn't look like Deshaun. He had a drive or two in the game that was like, okay, I, I, okay, maybe this will will start to look a little bit better for him. But you could clearly see that they were out of sync. I mean, balls, like, again, balls were flying all over the place, in and out of the hands. Those are professional wide receivers. If the damn ball is anywhere in your catch radius, Mm -hmm. you should catch it. Now, anywhere in your catch radius. This is, you know, here's a ball right behind as you watch it on television, slightly thrown behind. That's a grab. Here's a ball slightly thrown behind. That's a grab. You know, here's another one. A little bit overthrown, you know, but the receiver's not getting the separation. Here you are again trying to catch the ball with your elbows. You can't do that. This is what you got hands for. So as time goes on, they'll probably wind up getting better. This was the preseason, even though it was the regular season for these guys. That's a fair point. One ba- more bad news uh, for uh, Houston. I don't want to belabor the point. Oh, after, God, you're about to you're tell about me somebody got hurt. No, 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 no. Oh. Week two opponent, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. It's not getting easier. Okay, so they're going to welcome Baltimore. Go it's not getting two. easier. Yes. Go on right two out, out of the gate. gate. Chargers, by the way, will be at the Chiefs. That's who Kansas City will play on the long week following this Thursday night game. Travis Kelsey got one of the biggest contract extensions for a tight end in NFL history. And after his comments about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, when it's time for him to get paid, one of the biggest contracts in running back history could be coming the rookie's way. He is a tough son of a buck. Um, for for how tall he is, man, he's, he's got the strength of, of somebody my size, man. He, he runs the ball. Like uh, like like no one I've ever seen at that size, and it's uh, it's fun it's fun to play with, man. It's it's infectious when you see him out there playing his tail off and running his tail off. Um, you want to go out there and block for him and, uh, and and make plays for him as well. How are you supposed to stop this team? How are you supposed to stop them defensively? I mean, I, watching Anthony Weaver last night, the defensive coordinator for the Texans. I mean, he just had his hands over his head. I mean, I mean, so many options that they have now. Well, one of the things that we, I talked about. A, about this yesterday and throughout the week and started football season, some of the things you were going to see was sloppy play, sloppy tackling on the side of the Houston Texans. I mean, he was basically breaking through arm tackles. Guys were there, it was hats on him, but he was breaking those hats because they haven't done anything. You, they, you could clearly tell that training camp was not training camp, Z. You can clearly tell. No question about it. And what has Bill Belichick often said when we had him on day one of our program? Sometimes you use that whole first month of the season, even in normal times, yes. to try to figure out who you are. And here we are in unprecedented times, and they're trying to figure out what to do. This is what happens when you don't have OTAs, mini camps, rookie camps. People talk about the preseason because it's butted up against the regular season. But for all of those other young guys that are looking for reps, rookie mini camp, that stuff matters. Real quick, I know we got to get out of here. Offenses tend to start slow. Okay. Defenses tend to go fast because all they got to do is hit, mm-hmm. right? Offenses need to do everything. You can tell the difference between the new Texas offense with skill position players and the Patrick Mahomes offense that have one guy that's new, which is the running back. Great that's point. It. It's like pitching ahead of hitting in spring training, right? They're often just ready to go. Still to come, how often do we get the matchup we all expected in the preseason? Two teams, one city, one berth in the NBA Finals could be coming our way. We'll talk about that. I know Key wants to get into that. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. 
Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. I don't, you wasn't on the text chain last night, but you know, they show the shot. What of, shot? Of, of Houston after the game walking through the tunnel. Oh, yeah. And I text, I was like, man, that's painful. That's a painful walk. That slow walk from the court to the locker room when you just got waxed. God. Well, they came out flat. They came out so flat. You got to give the Lakers so much credit just defensively. I mean, they're on top of their game. I mean, now you're seeing why they're probably one of the favorites to win it. Just what they were able to do to James Harden, 2 of 11 from the field. He never found his rhythm. Um, Just LeBron was almost a triple-double last night. AD looked dominant. This this team is – I mean, granted, Houston came back towards the end of the game, but then, as you said, the bald eagle made a shot to close it out. Uh, They just – I mean, it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers what we all expected. That was a little bit of a fake comeback, one of those – you know, get you on the edge of your seat. But we had enough cushion that I felt comfortable. And then when Caruso knocked the three down, I was like, oh, okay, well, obviously it's over. And let me focus in on the football game. But much like uh, my man Jay Will just said, from a defensive standpoint, that was the question coming in is how would they be able to defend the threes and the high energy and octane offense that Houston presented uh, challenges for the Lakers in the past. When they played us in the regular season out in L.A., they shot ridiculous threes. I think they were thirty. They hit like thirty-something three-pointers on us. That hasn't happened at all in this series. And in King James, they the the, the team kind of takes their beat from him. But much like I said the other day, in order for the Lakers to win a championship, Anthony Davis has got to play the way he played again last mm-hmm. night. Uh, LeBron, sixteen points, right? Basically, yep. basically a triple double. I'm going to give him the extra assist. To make it 10 so he could have the triple-double. If you get that play from him mm-hmm. all the way around and you get that play from AD and the bench play the way that they play, they're not going to be beat. 
And well, you, they're not going to be beat. Well, Rondo almost had a triple double. I mean, he had 11, 10, and 8, right? So you get somebody else facilitating. Exactly. Playoff Rondo. Alex Caruso had 11 points. He made some big shots. But look, they trapped James Harden 17 times last night. Mm. So it is time that we also give credit to Frank Vogel and their defensive strategy. Like, that's his bread and butter. That's what the head coach of the Lakers is known for. That's what he's known for in Indiana, and that's what you're seeing come to fruition right now. It's a great point. Keyshawn J. Wills has been brought to you by 5-Hour Energy. It's road trip season. Get ready with 5-Hour Energy. You were right. A lot of people were underwhelmed with the selection of Frank Vogel. A lot of people thought he was hired to be fired and have Jason Kidd come right off the assistant staff and take over. Hired yeah, he was waiting. Hired to be fired. That's kind of what the narrative was, No, though, it was, No, no, it was, like, especially when Ty Lue— uh, turned it down, mm-hmm. was offered the job, didn't want to deal with it because he didn't want his assistant coaches selected for him. He wanted to make his own staff up, which he should. And then we hired Frank Vogel, and then all of a sudden there's Jason Kidd that's there, and the first thing people say is, okay, the, he's just standing there for it to go wrong and get him fired. But Frank Vogel's a veteran coach in this league, so you knew that he would be able to understand how to coach a LeBron James team, how to coach Anthony Davis, the personalities that's there, be able to have a guy like Rondo mesh with them. When you're a good coach, you're not going to screw it up. Clearly, he was a good coach in Indy, but he just didn't have all of the pieces around him. Oh, good coaches can screw it up now. I mean, there's – Well, I'm I'm just saying, it it happens. We've seen good coaches do this before. With superstars? I mean – Good coaches with superstar players screw it up, Jay Will? I mean, Scott Brooks was a decent coach. I mean, but he had some superstars in that team didn't get the job done. Which team are we talking about? OKC. You're OKC. Talking about? James Harden. They went Russell to the Westbrook. championship. Didn't get it done. 2012 Yeah, finals. but they went to the championship. Indy didn't never go to the championship. What I'm saying is, you, if, if you Frank Vogel and you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on a team with a bunch of other players that won championships or been in contention, you certainly – Shouldn't screw it up. It's on oh, yeah, autopilot. Yeah. It's on autopilot at that point. One other point I should make: you guys have said who is going to guard Anthony Davis with Giannis now out of the playoffs. He might be the most unguardable guy left in the NBA playoffs. You pair him with LeBron; they have got to be the heavy favorites now to win their 17th NBA title. Let's get back to a little football. The NFL is back. Touchdown! C E H with T D one. What a night for the rookie. That's the good thing about this offense is a luxury for me is I have a lot of good players that can get themselves open uh, no matter who's covering them. Man, we were rocking, man. They couldn't even they couldn't even communicate out there. We only had 20% of the stadium filled up, man. It was awesome. Uh, we wanted to show unity. Uh, we were going to come together and keep fighting the good fight, and I hope our fans will support us like they do uh, on the game every single day. So much happening off the field, so much happening on the field before the game, and then so much happening on the field during the four quarters. That was just one game to open the NFL's 101st season last night. And the reason I wanted to mention that was 101 years is because our next guest joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line is celebrating his 25th year covering the National Football League for ESPN. He is Sal Palantonio, host of the NFL Matchup Show. It takes you inside the X's and the O's like no other show on television. And he joins us this morning. He's also the biggest B. Beatles fan alive for the music aficionados <laughs> out there. Sal, good morning. It's great to have you with us. Um, your biggest takeaways from soup to nuts before the game, during the game, after the game, from everything you saw between the Texans and the Chiefs? Well, it was a wonderful performance. It was an inspiring performance. Everything about last night was inspiring. You know, before the game, the show of unity uh, and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson coming together like that. You know, I was really watching the show of unity before the game. 
and how Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and the players were orchestrating this. It was just such a beautiful thing to see. Uh, I was inspired by it. I, I was proud to say, hey, I'm part of the National Football League and I'm part of ESPN. I'm part of covering pro football. That was a very proud moment. My wife and I were watching that together and we're like, this is special. It's a special moment, and the players made it special, and that, that was really cool. And then to watch Patrick Mahomes a second. You know, I covered the Chiefs. I've, I've known Andy Reid for years when he was the head coach of the Eagles. I covered him in the Super Bowl for ESPN, and I got to know Patrick Mahomes, and uh, what, a, what a terrific leader. And you could just see his ability. And I was listening to Key earlier break it down. But when they started to drop the safeties back early in the game, he went to the line of scrimmage and started changing the play right away and give it to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And it was pretty pretty interesting that the Texans did not have a counter punch. They decided they weren't going to give Mahomes the long ball, and so instead they got a mouthful of a rookie running back. It was amazing to watch Mahomes manipulate that Texans defense. Sal, as you watched the game last night, and I, and I sat there and I said to myself, this reminds me of the dominant Philadelphia Eagles teams with Donovan McNabb and the different weapons that they had. Did you see some of that? Yeah, but, but much more speed, though, Key. Absolutely, yeah. totally agree. And some of the formations that Andy Reid, and let's not um, undersell Eric the Enemy, and I agree with Jay Will. I was listening. I, I think – the fact that Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach in the NFL right now is a crime. It's a shame, and he should be next year without a doubt. And he has put his footprint, he's put his, uh, his fingerprints all over this offense. He did it at the Super Bowl as well as a former running back at the highest level in the NFL. But, Key, the difference is the speed. The Eagles yeah. did not have that speed. But when you see that trips right formation with the single running back, and then Mahomes goes up to the line of scrimmage and how they motion out of it and create so much traffic between the hash marks. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't know how you cover that. I really don't. Is this the team, is this the type of team that you see can, you know, I, I don't want to say run the table, but make such a strong, so strong noise that we'll, in week 13, we're going to be talking about could they run the table? Well, they could because they have, without a doubt, the best offensive weapons in the league. They also have a defensive coordinator who now has the confidence of his players. They won a Super Bowl together. That was sort of like a leaky thing last year with Spags. They didn't know what they were going to have defensively, and he held it together. So they have all of the components. But let me tell you this. I'm going to go on the road to FedEx, cover Eagles at Washington. I don't know what's going to look like in week 13 when these players have been on the road in the middle of a pandemic through a full season. I just don't. That's the great unknown about this season, right? Congratulations to the NFL and to the NFL PA, by the way. All the credit goes to Roger Goodell, Jeff Pash, Dr. Alan Sills, Troy Vincent, and don't forget Damara Smith because the NFL PA pushed the league to have daily testing. They created a bubble within a bubble. And so far, knock wood, it has worked. But now you've got to go on the road. Week two, the Rams have to go to Philly, you know, across the country. Patriots have to go all the way out to Seattle. 
So let's just see how it works when these teams have to go on the road these long distances and go into a quarantine and what happens then. So let's transition to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. What are your expectations for Carson Wentz? Jay Will, my man. First time we're talking on a radio together. Yes, How we about are, Sal. That? I'm stoked about this, my man. Talking football, <laughs> baby. I love it. You know, I want to see what they're going to do with Jalen Rieger. They drafted him in the first round. He got hurt in the pre. He got hurt in that scrimmage at Lincoln Financial Field during training camp. Busted up his shoulder. He was the missing piece for the way Doug Peterson wanted to transition to more of an Andy Reid offense, bring some speed, bring some components that would give you options, right? We're playing option football in the National Football League now. you got to have options. And as they say, options don't discriminate. But if you're only playing two tight end sets and a cloud of dust, that's not good enough anymore. And that's what the Eagles did last year. They played 508 snaps out of two tight end sets, more than any other team in the league. They wanted to get speedier. They wanted to get more outside coverage so that they could control inside the hash marks. That's why they drafted Rieger. That's why Deshaun Jackson came back for another year to bring speed back to the offense. So I'm really anxious to see whether Rieger plays and how much he stays on the field. And that, Jay Will, will determine how good Carson Wentz is for the first two, three weeks of the season. So how about, you know, you talk about some of the top tight ends in the league. Zach Ertz is on that category. How come we haven't, how come we haven't seen a deal finished between the two yet? Well, as I just explained, I, I think the Eagles want to get more explosive. And maybe their thinking down the road is, hey, we want to invest in players who can open up this offense that maybe that's not the way to go is to put a lot of money into a, a tight end like Zach Gertz. Now, Zach Gertz is a Pro Bowl tight end, and he deserves to get paid. Uh, maybe just not the Travis Kelsey or the George Kittle money. Sal Palantonio, host of ESPN NFL Matchup Show, joining us here on <laughs> <laughs> joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hey, Sal, let me ask you this. Riverboat Ron, new head coach in uh, Washington, yeah. Ron Rivera, what's, what are the expectations for him in week one? Okay, Sean, I talked to Coach Rivera after practice on Wednesday on the phone for about a half an hour. I've known him since he was a player, when he was a coach in Philly. I was there the day in Charlotte when he drafted Cam Newton. So my family's prayers go out to him and his family. Uh, he told me that today, Friday, would be his last treatment prior to the game against the Eagles and that the treatments were rough. And I'm going to have more of that on Sunday NFL Countdown. But the bottom line is that the treatments were rough. And now, after the treatment today, he will focus on hydrating because it does dehydrate your body. And he's got to coach a football game on Sunday for three hours. So he's going to spend the next two days really getting his, this is the plan that the doctors have put together for him that when he's done on Friday, he will focus on getting his body right to coach on Sunday. Um, you know, it's a challenge, man. Come on. We, we, have, we have to understand that. The most important thing is that, you know, he comes out of this healthy. Uh, he's got great assistance in Jack Del Rio and Scott Turner, the new offensive coordinator, 
Uh, and, you know, he's, he's a tough guy, but this is a tough situation. There's no doubt about it. The Washington football team in Philly <laughs> is one of nine 1 p.m. Eastern starts on Sunday. So he's going to have to get nine TVs out. He had four TVs out watching sports yesterday. <laughs> but it is so great to be able to sit there and try to watch nine games at once. It finally tiny bit feels like normalcy is back. Checking your phone, checking the TV, doing all that stuff, checking your fantasy team, and it all will be here on Sunday. Sal, great to have you with us this morning, and we will see you on oh, Sunday NFL great. Countdown. Thanks it was a lot, great. Uncle Webby. It was great. It was great. Thank you very much. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, a quarter century of service. Sal Palantonio all over the NFL, unlike anyone else. So he has a great level of expertise with the Eagles, covered them from years. Also, obviously, sharing the division with the Eagles and the Washington football team is the Dallas Cowboys. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And I want to get into a conversation about Dak Prescott, who essentially said he had sought some help for anxiety and depression this offseason, especially after the death of his brother, Jace, which he admitted was by suicide. And if you know anything about Dak Prescott, before he even took one snap for the Dallas Cowboys, the thing that most people knew about him was the death of his mother. So he has undergone a tremendous amount of loss early in his life. He was on In-Depth with Graham Bensinger, which is a long-form interview show, and talked about some of what he's facing. It's crazy. All throughout this this quarantine and this offseason, I started experiencing emotions I've never felt before. Um, Anxiety for the main one. And then, honestly, a couple of days before my brother passed, I would say I started experiencing depression. Didn't know necessarily what I was going through, uh, to to say the least. Um, And hadn't been sleeping at all. Jay, like many others, he said he went public with this. This is very vulnerable, but when you live your life in the public eye like he is probably going to do for the rest of his life, he said he essentially came out and talked about this to hope he could help others do the same and experience them letting go of their vulnerabilities and being open, but not everybody is uh, down with this, which is really a sad commentary. I have no idea why. There's nobody better than America's quarterback to show strength through vulnerability, right? To openly, he moved not only himself forward by openly stating that, but he, he's moved millions of people across this country who are dealing with those type of issues right now, and he makes himself so much more relatable. And at the end of the day, as much as we all try to differentiate ourselves and, you know, athletes are always put on a pedestal about why they're different and why they're great. Uh, these are the things that actually make you relate to a guy like Dak Prescott because everybody goes through it, especially we're going through this stuff during a pandemic. Can you and I talk about just being isolated? What can you do? What can you not do? You were telling the story yesterday about being at a restaurant, not knowing how far you're supposed to be away from people. A lot of questions. We're all dealing with this. You know, in, in, the great thing about it, though, much like you said, is that we know, right? He, he came out and said to, to the world, this is what I've been going through. Right. And, you know, like you say, some people aren't down with it. Right. You know, they just, for whatever reasons, they won't clickbait. Right. Or they don't have a brain. Right. Whatever. As a teammate of his, I'm going to put my arms around him in, in comfort and be able to understand because sometimes we don't understand what people are going through. We just think, you know, oh, he, he, everything is good. And that's not always necessarily the case. You know, he's going through losing his brother. He lost his mom, which, by the way, will never lose his mind. Okay? It will leave his mind. I mean, it, it's never going to leave his mind. Every single day, I think about my mother. My mother passed away a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's there. And so... He's going through contract situation and negotiations. Right. On top of everything else. 
And so you have to have some compassion for what he's going through and understand. But again, some people don't want to mention their names, but you could Google it if you want to. Some people want to put themselves in the middle of it negatively or positively just to get clickbait. And here's the thing too, Key, you know, you talk about a lot of times you don't know what people are going through. You think Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, right? Nobody knew what he was going through. And then all of a sudden you find out, you're like, oh my, like, how are you dealing with all this? So my thing is when people start trying to say, when they start saying words like, this shows weakness. Man, when I, when that, I, I hear that, that around mental health. Mean, man, dude. D- I know, I, I'm just saying it. When dude, people it's say, stupid for even saying when that. people say things like, this shows weakness from a leadership perspective, I want to reach through the microphone or reach through the TV and slap the hell out of them. This is not weakness at all. This is, this is a different level of strength. To sit there and to be self-reflective, to come to a point, to divulge you, to people about weak. what you're going through. You're weak because you have anxiety and you're fighting depression? You, you're weak because of that? So now you're not a leader in the huddle? Now you, I'm going to follow not you winning, even more. Kid. You're not winning games because you're weak? I mean, like, that. see, I'll, I'll lose my mind right now. Like, I was talk, talking to some colleagues yesterday about the situation with Dak and, and how it should be handled on his side. And so if I'm that Prescott, I'm going to have a, some with that particular network, I'm going to have some conversations with them about them being able to talk to me until something happens to that individual. Straight talk wireless, That's no all. contract, no compromise. Two teams, two anthems, and two white different group. reactions. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.